Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who spotted the ocean from the head of the trail. He's the Pancho Villa to my Don Quixote. Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. Uh, hola, Ben. How mean? So for this episode, we have another repeat revisitor. You might remember him from the Essential Wilco episode or from the single soundtrack episode that we did during Cameron Crowe's soundtrack month. And you know, it's hard to rely on his good intentions because his head's full of things that he can't mention. Please welcome to the podcast, comedian and my brother from another mother, Jeff Johnson. Hello, everybody. I'm back. You are way too happy right now. I know, You're... and I'm not really. I'm just faking it, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, all right. I, yeah, I've had a lousy week, but um, I'm looking forward to this. We're going to have a good time doing this. Um, or hate each other by the time it's done, is the way I see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Let's do it! Uh, absolutely. You know, and, and Jeff, one part of me wants to tell you everything, but one part just needs the quiet. Yeah, yeah. How come for the other quotes you used uh, different albums? You didn't quote from this album this time. Is that new? You know, I no. It's we we've we've done we've done okay. quotes from other records as well. So maybe I just missed it. I missed it. Okay. Yeah, we're. I mean, we try and stay within the group or musician. But yeah, yeah, I I get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not questioning you. It was just I was noticing. I pay attention. Subtle details. Now that you're <laughs> making the rounds to all these other podcasts. Oh, all right. What? Who, Wait, who did we, that? It's too early for the Guns N' Roses. Was that Fugate? Yeah. That that was totally Fugate. What? We mean, what? <laughs> I had to, <laughs> sorry, I had to get my work phone. It plays uh, Paradise City when it rings. That's how. Oh. <laughs> okay. So so Jeff, are you are you being critical now that you're like making the rounds on other podcasts? Is I'm that, not being is that... critical. I, okay. I'm just I'm asking questions. I'm observant. But yeah, okay. I make rounds. I make rounds on some other podcasts. I do that. Um, is this was that my cue to tell you about the other podcast I was just on or something like that? Something like that. I was gonna I was gonna say I just listened to your episode that you did with. Uh, Tom and Steph Clark. Their yeah. podcast is called I'm a Rescue. Shameless plug. Tom and Steph, you better re- reciprocate. Yeah. Um, yeah, you spilled the beans on your, you know, faith exploration and also your exploration on finding your biological dad. Yeah, it was a lot of stuff that I talked about that I hadn't talked about before. It's been a crazy uh, couple of weeks. The faith stuff is you know, 10 years old now, you and I have talked about all that stuff yeah. on the side. I just haven't been talking about it that much on podcasts or anything like that for a while. So, but the dad stuff is new. I know. So I, one of the things I was going to use in your intro was I was going to quote the song brother because I've right. kind of view. I mean, I view you as a brother. I view Wayne as one of my brothers, but now the one line in there where it's talking about nothing can change and still I find a peace of mind whenever I hear your name. But based on the recent podcast you were just on, I don't know if I should call you Jeff Johnson or if I should call you Jeff Frame. Now. I know, that's a, that's a tricky thing. Um, I, I was born Jeff Frame, and I learned that several years ago, and it's a name I identify with more. It's just uh, I don't know how to sort of unwind myself from Johnson, I guess, is, is the... Uh, uh, I feel like there's a good joke that went there that you guys both missed, but um, <laughs> I, uh, 
<laughs> you, you know, I Wayne. There's a joke about college somewhere wrapped in that. I know yeah. Wayne. Wayne gave me such a ration of crap on the on the Weezer episode about you know me and David throwing out <laughs> right, our, <the> Beavis. <laughs> our Beavis jokes that I was like I wasn't even gonna I wasn't even gonna touch the Johnson. I, <laughs> see, I, see, I just I just went there. I was so focused yeah, on the uh, rescue thing. I I I lost. I have a dad, and I I sometimes wish I didn't know who he was, and so it's hard to relate. Yeah. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting couple of weeks. I mean, I just called my real dad for the first time. I guess we're about three weeks out now. I've known about him for about five years, I guess, and it just took until now to finally reach out. But I I found out at forty or thirty nine that um, my narrative wasn't quite what I thought it was, and so I've got this new this new dad out there, and I've got a new brother, and I've got a couple of uh, new stepsisters, and and a new aunt, and people who are just reaching out. Now I'm trying to learn who everybody is, and. Um, my dad and his wife are coming out, uh, the first weekend of June. And so I'm going to get to meet them and, uh, it's pretty crazy. It's been a whirlwind. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you know, know me, you've known me a long time, Ben. That's a pretty big, uh, it's, a big it's, thing. it's a lot to, uh, it's a lot to just process. So, yeah, I guess I'm just more ticked off that you didn't share any of that news on one of the previous episodes that we did. Well, I you hadn't know, talked I guess, to him yet. I guess we're we're not therapy enough for you on this podcast. Well, no, it's different. Kind. We're talking about music, and it's, it, you you have a pretty good uh, you you have a pretty interesting structure that you have already built around music. And I, I, you know, I share personal stuff whenever anybody wants to. But this one was definitely they they built this I'm a Rescue podcast to have sort of that that uh, feel to it and talk about the personal stories. And it just happened two weeks ago. And then I I sit down with these two that are really they're they're good comedy friends. They become good friends through comedy, uh, Tom and Steph, and I'm sitting with them in my office and I'm just talking to them and I stopped thinking about the fact there's a microphone and that's really, really dangerous, I figured out after the fact uh, because I was really, I, I was very nervous after we'd finished it. I thought, man, I wonder if I spoke too candidly or said something that might hurt someone's feelings, which wasn't my intent at all. Um, and, uh, I listened back to it and I could see where some of the things I said might, you know, someone might take the wrong way or, or feel hurtful, but I guess in the end it's, it's sort of, it's my truth. So I guess I'm just talking openly and honestly about how I feel about things. I'm not trying to frame what other people think. So I know what you mean. I felt like that well, after our hidden, after our, uh, unreleased man crush episode for rock in the suburbs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The unreleased <laughs> We may have shared too much. Pent up, I think, is the right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I think they didn't want that kind of (laughs) drama. We may have shared too much, which is why they didn't. They didn't use it. (laughs) (laughs) I've totally taken us down a different path. So, I haven't even done the beginning of our podcast where we talk about the all important question. So, all right, let's throw it out. So, Wayne, what T-shirt are you wearing for this episode? I wanted to go with something as far away from the lyrics in this record as I possibly could. And so I, I've got my Pogue shirt, rum, sodomy in the lash. Oh, there we go. There's, there's uplifting. <laughs> uh, Jeff, how about you? What t-shirt are you wearing? Well, I'm, I'm continuing on a theme of what shirt could I wear that might upset you uh, or dig in something that you didn't come to. And so I am wearing my Paul McCartney at Desert Trip 2016 t-shirt. Uh, spectacular night. Uh, Neil Young played before he did uh, on the same stage, and I'm standing in the pit like, I don't know, 20 yards from him. It was amazing. It was really, really incredible. Uh, and thanks weekend. for listening. Please go support the <laughs> arts. Go to a live show. <laughs> uh, 
I, I, I'll probably run out of shirts that I'm using to rub in at some point, but right now it just doesn't get old. So <laughs> that's just where I'm at. I'm just trying to see if I can get you to horn honk yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I think he did. I'm, I had him horn honk. I know I did last time. I told yeah, you, you did to, last time. I yeah. told you to go clown horn yourself on <laughs> the last episode. Yourself. Right. So yeah, well, this is this is a pretty cool, good, cool one. I put it on Instagram and I tagged the record revisited podcast. It's a cool shirt of Paul sitting in this uh, chair with this sort of swir- swirling art around him. It's a cool shirt. Got it makes it. my breasts look big. If that feel, makes you feel any better, Ben, this one makes my tits look pretty huge. So it's not exactly flattering. Most t-shirts, I, I put them on for the podcast and then I slink out of them because it's just, I don't have a t-shirt body anymore. Uh, I'm not even going to go there. Um, all right. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm wearing a recent addition to my collection. So just last night, in fact, I had an opportunity to once again, see the band that we're talking about for this episode which is Toad the Wet Sprocket. Uh, big shout out again to Dave Peterson, who once again hooked a brother up with not only third row tickets, but a meet and greet with the band themselves before the show. Uh, really great show. Um, just so you know, um, Randy is uh, not touring with them again, and it sounds like he's probably done. But uh, I talked to the drummer after the show. Oh, and by the way, I also got a little shout out from the lead singer himself. I'm going to post this uh, video to Facebook, but here's the gist of the video and the audio from this. Hi, uh, it's Glenn Phillips from Toto West Bracket. Thank you for celebrating 25 years of uh, Dulcinea with us on Records Revisited. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Wayne. So I told Glenn, Todd, and Dean that we were going to record the episode commemorating the 25th anniversary of this fantastic record that we know as Dulcinea. Um, I did try and get Todd to record a promo, and he's like, "Um, yeah, I guess I could, but... uh, you know, there's other people in the band that are way better than that than I am. Um, so, so, anyways, I, I love uh, Todd, I, but I think he shrinks to the background a little bit. I, oh, I think very he, much. I think so. He enjoys not having to meet and greet too much. I, but I've enjoyed every interaction I've had with him. He's very nice. He just clearly, and I, I, as a performer, I've I've felt that sometimes too when you come off a stage, even when you're outgoing, sometimes you're like you're shaking hands and people are telling you how great it was, and you just kind of go, I, I just kind of want to go back to a dark corner somewhere and not have to talk to people it's great yeah yeah so i i do also have to thank you jeff for giving wayne a ration of crap about toto's africa on the last episode that we <laughs> is did how, is this where i get to vote i want one man one vote you already voted no 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 i i started it but i get to vote tonight uh, you right? do get to you do get to vote so uh, Okay, so I want you to I want you to earnestly ask me the question, then I'll earnestly think about it, and then I will earnestly answer. So earnestly okay, ask me the question. Okay, here we go. So, uh, Jeff, um, Toto's Africa. Great song. Great song. I love Toto's Africa. I love it. It's a great song. I can't believe Wayne doesn't like it. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, okay. So Is that earnest? That was earnest. That okay. was very earnest. So Wayne is now losing six to one. Ah, I loved your episode with... Um, Oh no! Now I can't think of her name. Caroline I just Spence. had it on the tip of my tongue. Um, Carol, Caroline. Caroline. I loved her yeah. on your episode. I thought she was wonderful. I can't. I was so excited to listen to her music, and then she said she didn't like Toto's <laughs> Africa, and I was like, I'm bouncing. I'm not. Uh, I'm not listening to her. 
No, I'm kidding. I will listen to her because I like the clips you played a lot. I thought she was delightful. She's, she is great. Yeah, I um, liked her a lot. She was a great yeah. guest. She was absolutely delightful is a great word for her. She, she was, was, she was delightful. A, good, a really good guest. Um, and uh, I just thought I, I'm definitely going to check out her music, too, because I like the clips you played. But I did not like her her vote on Africa. Well, I should have had another one. Doug Gillard went all punk rock, anti-corporate radio, and then he caved at the he end. He voted for Africa. He he, he voted for it. Ah, Here, here's, a que- here's a question this for you, ridiculous. Wayne. Where do you sit on Sister Christian? Yeah, that's not a good song. Why are you I mean, kidding? I, 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 yeah, I'll, I sing along <laughs> in the car, too. Yeah, it's, I sing along too. There's there's fun songs and there's good songs, and that's that that's a fun oh, song. It's and it's. I think there was a time song. when I was 13. I thought it was a good song, and then I, I grew up and found other music. Uh, no, that's fantastic. I don't know, Jeff. What are you doing to me now? I'm going to have to ask all of our guests <laughs> not only about Photos Africa, but I'm also going to have to ask about Night Rangers. You don't Sister think that Christian. was planned? How are you going to fill the podcast up with a bunch of with a bunch of my, song my, questions? I'm going to miss the whole point. I just want to make sure I can be an influence even when I'm not here. That's the important thing. Your legacy. Your legacy is Africa. Yeah, well, that's, I'm happy with that being my legacy, to be honest with you. I'm down with that. Uh, I will ask you this, Wayne. Are you, you, you've seen the movie Boogie Nights, have you? Uh, yes, I have. So that, the use of Sister Christian in Boogie Nights when he's like lighting firecrackers and throwing them around at the like drug scene that, at the house, that is one of the great scenes in terms of using this like song that is so off kilter with what's going on in the scene it's just beautiful fantastic so yeah that that's it is an excellent use of uh, music and film yeah so and a great song um <laughs> all right agree <laughs> to disagree uh, all right where where i don't even know how we go from here where how do we this is what you get when you, you if you want the magic you bring the magic on and it does its thing. That's what I do. All right. So so <laughs> why don't we why don't we actually dig into the band that we're going to talk about? So Toad the Wet Sprocket. So I I just mentioned that I saw How many them. Times did you see them last night. Yeah, last night I was telling I was telling Dave I was like so I think this is my sixth time and then at the end of the show I'm like oh crap you know what. Wayne and I saw them at Enfest. That's right. At first Enfest. And I totally forgot about that just because it was, I mean, good gosh, it was what, 92? Yeah. Yeah. So, so so that was a long time ago. And honestly, what they played maybe five songs. So not exactly what I would call a memorable performance, but so last night was actually my seventh time seeing that's that's the same amount of times I've seen them seven times. Yeah, you and I saw him together yeah. for the first time. So, I no, you saw him with Wayne then, so that would have been before. I saw him with you for the first time. We saw we saw this tour, so we saw Dul- the Dulcinea tour together. Um, and I want to say Hoekstrasser was with us as well, right? I don't, I don't remember if he was or not. We went to REM with Hoekstrasser, but um, I think right. Christy Christy was with us because I was married at the time. Yeah. Uh, that was at the Salt Air or something of that nature, I think, in Salt Air. Yes, Lake. which yeah. was just an awful venue. Felt like it was falling apart, but it was. It sounded great. Like it was really. It was almost like the Tacoma Dome feel in terms of. I remember almost having that wooden kind of quality in terms of acoustics. It was beautiful. You, you know, there's there's two things I remember from that that particular concert. I don't remember much about it. Again, it was way too long ago. So two things that I remember from it. First, Glenn 
getting pissed off at people for um, slam dancing and moshing in the <laughs> yeah. in front of the stage because he's like, dude, we're towed the wet sprocket. What are you guys doing? Um, you don't mosh the- during walk on the ocean. <laughs> no, I mean, come on. And the, and then the second thing was, and we'll talk about this as we as we uh, uh, you know go through the, the the record. But I remember not liking reincarnation song until I saw them play it live. And then I was like, Oh, now I get it. Yeah. We'll, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Cause uh, that's one of those, that's one of those songs that I had to see live in order for it to really resonate for me. But um, yeah, me too. And that's seeing them live there. That's what just absolutely hooked me. I mean, I, I've said it before, probably on the podcast even I, i'm very much a live music guy and and i can get hooked on a band um you know better by going to their show if they're great live uh than any other way and that's that was the show that i i, I liked toad i really enjoyed him before that but boy i fell in love with him after that show and then like i said i've seen him seven times and i've had the greatest interactions with glenn in particular over the years so many of he's just very generous uh with the fans afterward and his his interactions i saw them on horde tour um show that Neil Young and Crazy Horse uh, were headlining. And when I, I went to get their autograph at the autograph table, uh, I had a coil flat. And um, uh, somebody, I think Dean, had scooted his chair over and sat it on Glenn's toe, which was in flip-flops. And, and he so he signed my thing, My Toe Hurts, uh, at Glenn Phillips. So that's what it says on my flat for that. And then he was touting at the time he's like you've got to go to the side stage you got to get through this quick and you've got to go to the side stage to go see ben folds five they're amazing you got to go see him trust me you, it'll it'll blow your mind and that was the first time i saw ben folds awesome. five was uh awesome was because glenn said so awesome uh you know and and to that whole autograph thing so uh i've i've had a couple really cool interactions with glenn uh one of the times that i saw him here in orlando um, you know, he did the, he did the merch table afterwards and one of my friends, his name is also Ben. So, you know, I'm first and first, uh, before my friend Ben getting my, my stuff signed and, you know, he's personalizing, um, my, my friend then comes up to, to Glenn and Glenn's like, so what's your name? And he goes, uh, Ben. And he goes, wait a minute. Um, his he's Ben and he's like, yeah, that's Ben too. And, um, so he signed his, his, one of his, uh, CD covers, Ben's everywhere. Glenn Phillips. <laughs> he always does stuff like that. I've got a couple autographs where he says <laughs> he had one where I, I had started it all in blue Sharpie and he was carrying a black Sharpie and, uh, everybody else had signed in blue. And I said, ah, can I, do you mind signing in blue? So he wrote color, create color coordination is very important. Glenn Phillips. <laughs> He's just a character. I, I really enjoy. And he, he held up a sign I had printed out for your yes. birthday when I saw him on your birthday a couple of years ago. Um, you know, happy birthday, Ben. So yeah, he's a good guy. Um, oh, I gotta, I gotta share one other, one other. So how many times have you seen Glenn solo? Oh, three, I think. Yeah. I think I'm up to three as well. The first time I saw him, um, solo, it was, so it was a the singer songwriter uh, tour that he did with um, John Doe from X, Pete Droge, and Steve Poltz, and nice. uh, he was he was the headliner. Even though you know 
John Doe is kind of more, he was more of a name at that point because, you know, it's John Doe X is amazing. Um, after the show, the guy that's in front of me at the merch table, you know, he's, he just, he gets up to the front and he's like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Uh, this is, this is such an honor. And, and, uh, I don't know if you know how much your music means to me and, and can, can I get a hug? And, and, you know, Glenn is like, um, okay. <laughs> and so, so this, so this dude just like totally bear hugs Glenn and, Everybody around is like, oh, this is so awkward. Um, so so of <laughs> course I'm the next guy in line and I just look at I just look at Glenn and I was like, um, yeah, I don't need a hug. <laughs> and so so Glenn goes, You need to embrace your intersexuality. And he gives me a hug. And and so he signed so my bread and circus CD cover. Um, is signed. We that was fun, Glenn. So again, He's delightful. Just He's got great. yeah, got a great sense of humor, and um, I think that that those interactions are one of the reasons why you know I continue to go see this band. I mean, I have I have seen every single one of these songs that they performed last night at least once, um, sometimes twice, or. Uh, in the case of uh, you know all I want um, seven times, but yeah, they're definitely one of those bands that uh, I I will continue to 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 give my money to. Yeah, I took the family to see them last year in Ojai, just this great little outdoor venue, and um, I loved it. But I didn't. We were a ways from home, and it was late, and we were tired, and we didn't stick around to try and meet them afterward. And I definitely missed the interaction. Plus, Randy wasn't there. I was very I was bummed. That was the first time I'd seen him without Randy, and. Um, you know, I'd had a good interaction the first time I took my two boys to see him. I think my youngest was probably nine at the time and uh, my younger, the two boys, and they loved him. They loved Toad and we he was a drummer, so he wanted to meet Randy and Randy didn't really seem like he was coming out. So we went over by the stage when Randy was putting away his stuff and and he comes over and, um, you know, my nine year old tells him, he goes, I'm a drummer, too, and I really enjoyed watching you. And he goes, hold on. He goes and he gets him two sticks and he brings them over and he signs them. And uh, just a really good interaction with, again, he didn't have to do that either, but he was really, really cool. He's like, keep drumming, man. Keep working at it. Did he? Yeah, he still drums. Yeah, he's uh, he's works. Does yeah. He? Oh, yeah. Aiden, he drums. He plays ukulele. He plays guitar. He's, uh, yeah, he's all over all of it. So. All right. Well, at least he's not doing magic. Or meth. Or, or meth. I was just going to say that. I can't believe you got it out quicker than me. Uh, well, I'm a comic, uh, Wayne. That's you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be quick if you want to grab the punchlines uh, away. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I I know that yeah. now. So so Wayne, you were uh, you were kind of quiet during our whole uh, gushing. Oh yeah, love, I, lo- love gushing yeah. of uh, Toad. Well, and you know what? I, at first, I'm thinking I can't believe they're that into this band that much, and then I started to think, well, what bands am I into or have been into where I've seen them several times, and I'm not going to mention any of them, but I get it. I get it to some degree. Um, now I want to know who who those bands are. Uh, I've seen <laughs> uh, you're killing me. I've seen Motley Crue six times, and I think I've seen I seen I've seen Faster Pussycat at least four times, and two of those times were at the diviest bars. I've in fact I wa- me and my brother were there, and I'm like, did you bring your gun? Because this is this is probably as much danger as I feel like I've ever been in. 
Yeah, I, I, um, I'm just a live music junkie with these bands that I love too. I mean, them, Toad, uh, Posey's any chance I can get to see them, Wilco, um, Pearl Jam, you know, some of these bands, I just, their live shows are so good. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's weird. Cause you talked earlier, Ben, about this, uh, you know, faith, faith transition for me, uh, with religion and stuff like that. But I feel, I feel more spiritual, uh, at a concert. I mean, that's where I really feel moved. Uh, is that live music environment either there, like Yellowstone, or somewhere you know out in nature? Uh, I I don't dispute that. I have definitely had some of those. I don't know if I could say like they were spiritual experiences, but there were definitely those transformative type of experiences. Um, you know, and I can name I can name a you know good handful of those type of things. It there is something magical. I will say mm-hmm. this, and and the, this kind of goes back to, you know, the, our tagline where we talk about the magic of music, because this is for us who are live music junkies. That's our happy place. That is totally right. my happy place. And here's the other thing too, Wayne, that I, I've started to experience with regards to going. I I know it seems like I'm I'm a junkie with some of these things, but the cool thing is I've gotten to where I'm I'm going back around now with taking my kids to really get into them and appreciate them too, which which gives me like a new set of eyes on it a little bit, you know. Um, so I I'm really been yeah. digging digging that a lot. That's been really really cool for me. Like I saw uh, Wilco three nights in a row, but one night was with my boys, one with my wife, and one with my daughter. So I'm able to, you know go with a different uh, person each time and kind of take it in. I I still have not been able to figure out what the magic sauce is to take my family to a Wilco show with me. My my daughter just had to she just had to do a project for her music class, her orchestra class on a song that she loves, and it was all hummingbird. And she did the whole poster board about it, and you know she's got the lyrics, and of course that's she what my did. daughter goes in and does. Yeah, it was it was adorable. And and if you have, well, no- I'd have to get into Flatbush Zombies or in order to go to a to a concert with my son. So there I don't you know go. if it's going to happen. I don't know what that is. I don't. I have. I don't <laughs> see exactly. <laughs> I feel very old when you said that. Um, I felt very old saying it. Flatbush Zombies. <laughs> Jeff is googling right now as we speak. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, but I'm much more of an earphones uh, or, you know, got the speaker out when I'm out working. I like I, I'm crossing people off my list. I'm trying to see people that I've always wanted to see, but I don't know. I'm not huge on crowds and and lines. And so I have enjoyed the shows I've gone to, but I'm going to things that are uh, I, I don't know. They're not big time to anybody else. Maybe but like, say, the posies. I like small venues uh, that are, you know, with older crowds that where everything is, you know, much, you know, different than the other. When I went to a lot of concerts, I was younger and it was a lot of fist pumping and crammed all on the general admission in front of the stage. And it's just a different time. Oh, me too. I love those small venues, especially. I mean, I went and saw like Metallica at the Rose Bowl and I, I loved it. It was really, it was cool, but boy, I do feel exactly what you're talking about. The crowds make me nervous. Um, I get anxiety, the weight. So I'm fighting all of that when I go to a show, especially a big show of all those things I don't like. I sit in traffic for too long, the parking, the the lines, the people, uh, you know, so it, it's, I, I feel you on that. But for some reason that, that experience, I just end up fighting through it. But I've been doing the bucket list thing too, where there's these, these people that I want to see and I want to get to them before they're gone, I guess. Yeah. 
and we've we've brought up the posies now a couple different times um you know if you and i were not going to cooperstown for the first time well first time for me anyways uh we would totally be taking a road trip to go see the how's this for a triple bill so toad the wet sprocket Big Hit Todd and the Monsters and the Posies at Wolf Trap in, I guess that's Virginia, outside of D.C. That's in end of June. Trust me, I did look at flights to see how much it was going to cost. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm committed. I'm 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 saving my money for Cooperstown. So, yeah, yeah, uh, the, 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 it helps that we've seen those two so many times. I think it's. It is cool. That it would be cool to see them on the same bill, but the fact that we've seen them several times, right. I think at least helps. But, yeah. But Toad is definitely one of my, I'm pretty much on a, I'm an unapologetic fan. I used to be a bit, a little bit bigger evangelist for him the way I am for Wilco or someone like that. But, um, you know, over time I kind of lose that energy. It's like you either, you either like them or you don't, and that's okay. But I, I love them. Uh, it's just one of, it's one of my top bands. I love the melodies. I love the harmonies. I love, uh, the poetry of of the lyrics and and they just it, i'm especially at a concert I, I just feel good i'm happy being there so yeah absolutely all right let's uh let's dive into the record so here's a little bio info so this was released on may 24th 1994 so it is celebrating 25th anniversary um no I also, I also celebrated my 25th anniversary about two weeks ago yeah and you know what else congratulations know what else Thank is you. coming up on may 24th your birthday yeah another yeah. milestone the big 5 <laughs> you're twice the age five of dulcinea that well yeah yeah i meant um, that as a compliment yeah okay <laughs> i think i, w- I wish <laughs> uh so this it, is the, may you this fly was, from heaven ben may you fly from heaven. thank you Thank you, my brother. Um, all right. So this is uh, their fourth studio album. Follow up to their very popular album, Fear, which was released in 1991. Um, the album's name is actually a reference to Don Quixote. That's why I uh, made the, uh, the the reference to, to Wayne. Uh, so he's my Pancho Villa. <laughs> um, at, at least two songs on the album do... Uh, allude to some themes that are part of Don Quixote. We'll get to windmills. Definitely a um, a reference to to the book. I guess my question is: Has anybody actually read Don Quixote? Uh, you know, I'm glad it doesn't sound like you have either. But I, it's and I'm I'm going to leave this one's this one's for Jeff to knock out of the park. But it's all about the girth. That book is huge. I think it's huge. Yeah. Same reason I haven't let, read uh, a number of other books. I look at it and I go, Mm-mm, no, when you make a good movie out of it, um, they've, they've made some my, documentaries about trying to make movies about it. And uh, it's, yeah. it's disastrous sometimes. But my, my Don Quixote book is sitting right next to my Moby Dick book. I read Moby Dick. I actually read that. Oh, okay. Well, kudos to you. It wasn't easy. I was determined. Yeah. Mine is like Les Miserables. <laughs> that's the same reason i haven't read the uh, yeah. uh game of thrones the song of ice and fire or whatever i someone gave me those loaned them to me and i, I looked at it, i was like no nah, i'm gonna wait for the tv show to just play this out they're just way too thick for me i don't read much anymore i don't have much time so i i thought that this album didn't do as well as fear in the charts but um 
come to find out that Dulcinea peaked at number 34 on the Billboard 200 albums chart. Fear only peaked at number 49. However, the singles on Fear did a little bit better than the singles off of Dulcinea. And really, for, for, for me, and, you know, going back to the whole theme of Don Quixote, I think this whole album is really full of, of references to the journey. And I'm not talking about Steve Perry or Neil Schoen or Jonathan Kane. That's a whole different journey. I'm talking about the journey of like finding yourself, whether it's, a, you know, from a spiritual or eternal perspective or in the reference to Don Quixote and finding true love. So anyone, anyone looked up the definition of Dulcinea? Well, she's a character in the book, uh, and it, she's a symbol of hopeless devotion, unrequited love. Yeah. So in Latin, Dulcinea is basically interpreted as sweet or sweetness. And so Quixote, um, I guess, changed uh, the the character. And I'm, I'm going to have to look this up. Uh, Aldonza Lorenza. Yes. So she is a Spanish peasant girl, and he essentially renames her Dulcinea um, when he selects her to be his lady. So, lady, there you go. Uh, I'm your knight in shining <laughs> armor. That fits. That fits. It actually fits. I like it that. To- um, it totally does. There's a lot of intensely like, spiritual themes on this album for sure, and I I am a sucker for that. Like spiritual journeys to me uh just they just they just grab me people struggling with with uh spirituality or faith or or whatever and and even those struggles with you know the existential issues of and and love and all that sort of stuff they really really grab me um the thing i would say between this and fear is like you said i think that dulcinea i this is my favorite toad album coil is actually probably the the closest second um but i think dulcinea uh, the sum of its parts is greater than fear. I think fear just has a couple of things that stood out more as individual things, uh, particularly for mainstream, you know, things like walk on the ocean and all I want, uh, all I want. And which I loved, I, I loved fear. Um, but it definitely, it got played out for me a little bit. Um, and I, 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 I really enjoyed it, but I didn't connect to everything. In fact, the song I think I connected to almost the most was like hold her, uh holder uh what is it called um hold her, hold down. her down right uh okay. yeah because I, I i the rage of that song about that issue was uh, really palpable to me and but it was so off character with the rest of the album um and that was the one that kind of stuck out to me and I, I also really liked before you were born on that but um this album when that first the first single came out on this one uh I, it just blew me away i was like this is gonna be good and 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 everything on this, there's not a song on this album that I don't like at all. Um, it, it, it's one of those where I've bounced around on my scores all, you know, for a couple of weeks, really. I've been thinking about this. My my least, uh, my lowest score on this at one point I assumed was going to be my lowest score. And, and, uh, and then it bounced up as high as like my fifth favorite song at one point and then back down to my lowest score. So it's, it's a song that there's, there's nothing on this album. It's one of my albums that I can listen to front to back that I, I just absolutely love. So, yeah, I think we're going to adopt what Wayne did for the Elvis Costello (laughs) armed forces episode where he's like, this is my fifth favorite song. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. 
So uh, I think that that's probably, and, and that's how I feel about this album for sure. Like you guys, either one of you could name something number one. I'd be like, okay, it, it wouldn't bother me a bit. Not at uh, not at all. When we get to the bottom end, we'll see. I might start throwing punches, but we'll see. So um, I, I don't like my scores. Um, if you talk to me in two weeks, they'll they would have changed completely. Um, I had a really hard time assigning scores, and because of it, my prediction is I, I have no idea where this is going to end up. I would bet we're kind of all over the map, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I would bet that we don't pair up that closely. We don't have a love mongers on this <laughs> on this uh, album, in my opinion. There, there is no battle of evermore Mm-mm. on this record for me. Nope. Not at all. How about you, Wayne? All right, you don't so... you don't love this album as much as we do by by far. I, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, that's yeah, no, I don't. And I was, <laughs> I would, but you know, what's funny is I don't, I don't, I have reasons why I don't like the songs and stuff, but not not dislike. It was that they the scoring. It's not my. It's not something I would return to. It's not something I would put in my playlist. But it isn't. There isn't the one thing about them is there's nothing about them to hate. I mean, they don't. They don't have. They're right. They don't have a love monger. Uh, they don't have a, battle of, a cover of Battle of Evermore on here, but they just have some stuff that I we'll get into it. I got some I got some comments. All right. Yeah. Between between this episode and the next episode that I just <sighs> informed Wayne that we're doing um, again, guess <laughs> guess chose it. Guess chose it. What is it? So uh, we're doing the rumors. Oh, nice. I just saw that tour in December. I, I know. Yeah. And uh, spoiler so alert: that Wayne... T-shirt will make an appearance sometime in the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. All right, let's 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 uh, let's uh, kick this off. So, uh, going back to what you were talking about with the whole spiritual journey of things. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. The one the one thing I was going to mention before we dove into it was. That there, that there was there was one outtake in particular from this one that I love, which is Crazy Life, that it was recorded during these sessions. That one ended up being held out and put on the Empire Records soundtrack, and then it got re-recorded uh, for Coil and ended up on Coil. That is a great song I would mention for people to go listen to as well. That one's about Leonard Peltier, the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, um, uh, the guy who got arrested during the incident at ogawa i think is what it's called uh he was an american indian movement activist and that's a really really cool song off of coil but it was recorded during these sessions todd phillips has the vocals and that that would be probably in my top five toad songs overall me too yeah me too it's great um we'll have to do the coil episode some sometime down the road 100 percent down with that i love that album yeah all right so let's get to the songs We have 12 songs on this record. Top song is going to get 12 points. Least favorite song, one point. And everything in between. And here's our first song. This is Fly From Heaven.
and I tried to take a look at the songwriting credits. This looks like it was a Glenn song. And yes, it is written from the standpoint of James, who was Jesus's brother. But it's also written about Paul, who had persecuted the Christians, including James, before, you know, he saw a vision and changed his name from Saul to Paul. And there that that's where you have some of the lyrics that, uh, you know, Paul is making me nervous. Paul is making me scared. Essentially, it's, again, written from James's perspective. So I don't think that James was real hip on Paul changing some of the the, the meaning and some of the teachings of Jesus, um, even kind of changing his name. And I think that there is a, um, isn't there a reference? Oh yeah. Change, change the name of my brother and change the things that he said. Um, so there is yeah. definitely some, um, says that he speaks to him, but he never even knew right. the man. Yeah, definitely, um, has some spiritual overtones and I think there have been some who have tried, if you do, if you go do research and Google this, there are definitely some religious folks who have chimed in on their opinions of this song. And, you know, that's all fine and good, but I, I, I wonder, this would be one of those songs that I would like to sit down with Glenn and really pick his brain as to what was his thought process of, of writing this song. And does he still believe some of those, some of the themes of this particular song? Um, and I think, I think Glenn is a really complicated guy when it comes to spirituality. Um, I, I, I would love to have a conversation with him for the same reasons, because I, I really enjoy the things that he weaves into his songs about that. And there's a lot of different possibilities in the stuff that he's doing in, in this song in particular, especially when you get into the end of the out al- or this album in particular. Um, I love the perspective on this. I love the writing of this song to write it from James's perspective as this protective brother that's watching his brother's words, maybe being used in a way that he doesn't quite agree with. And he's, you know, being, you know, th- that they're being maybe twist, uh, twisted or taken away from him in a way that uh, he's just not quite okay with. He understands what's going on, but he's just, he's not quite down with it. You know, they took my brother, they ripped him from me to twist his words as they did his body. You know, it's, it's, it's a really kind of a beautiful portrait of what, what James might've felt about uh, the way that maybe Jesus, some of the things he said got appropriated or, or altered. Yeah. Wayne, uh, anything on on this particular song you wanted to chime in on? Oh, I it, like I say, I don't know the the band. I, I don't know the songwriter. I mean, this was overly religious, at least from the perspective from somebody just hearing it for the first time. Um, it, it it and for a first track, it should have been the first track on the upcoming Wow compilation, uh, and ultimately, it lost me for that. And it's just I can just see blonde haired, blue eyed teen, teen girls swaying and clapping on the one and three. It just, it, I was not impressed I, from the gate. Did you read the lyrics? I think it's way, there's more, there's more. 
I did, but I took it much more because I'm not, I don't have any connection to this band or their catalog. So I, I had, I was forced to take it literally. And so there's some cynicism in here. That's the thing. And, and knowing the catalog, there's some, a little bit of cynicism and a little skepticism that's melded into this in a way that, I mean, this is right in my wheelhouse. I, you know, when you're talking about the faith issues and, and I don't see it as a, as a like kill song type song in any way, shape or form. But even minus the lyric, I mean, if you take the lyrics out, it's just the music in itself came off very contemporary Christian to yeah, me. You, uh, you actually yeah. just need to read the last verse of this where it's like, will it be the end or is he still ascending? But if he's all you say, would he fly from heaven to this world again, to this world again? So there's there's the the the, the bit of skepticism and cynicism that you're you know referring to, Jeff, that. No, this isn't, this isn't, yeah, this isn't a wow. I, I think if you threw this on wow, they'd, they'd be going like, um, I don't know if this is. Oh yeah, it would well, be, it'd you, be uncomfortable. You, you gotta, I just came off of a week and a half of listening to Indian Summer Revisited by, by Carbon Leaf. So this, this had some, had way too many similarities at first. And so. Like I say, I, I started to get some Stockholm syndrome by by this last Monday. But previous to that, I was looking at this with a with a heart of stone, and like I was like I feel like I had been beat up by Carbon Leaf, and I wasn't gonna give in. I wasn't gonna let anybody in. And so uh, I, th- but this song and a few other songs just had a very contemporary Christian kind of sound that I that I do not connect with, and. Uh, I, I'm with you. I don't care for Christian music at all. Even when I was very religious, I don't. I didn't. I never cared for um, LDS uh, contemporary music. I don't like it. I don't. I, I don't enjoy it. So I get that. I get what you're saying. I just think you're missing it with this. I think you're associate with something that it's not. Um, and I get it. it. It felt like that to you, and so you don't have the connection. I'm not suffering from carbon leaf abuse, apparently. Um, and so uh, it doesn't affect me that way. Um, it just speaks to me. And I, I couldn't disagree more. I love the way that this starts. It's really hard at times for me to not put this as my favorite song on the album. It doesn't quite get there, but um, that's really more of a statement about a couple other songs than this one. I, I love it. I love the way it And on off. the next episode of Records Revisited, Wayne will curate The Misfits, The Devil's Reign. So... <laughs> Die, 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 my darling! Oh, I knew this was going to be a tough episode. I knew it. I knew it All tough. right, let's uh, let's get some uh, let's get some scores then. Um, I, I'm just laughing because I'm looking at the scores. So Wayne, Wayne, <laughs> what's your score? Uh, first, I want to say I am actually going to see the Misfits back with Glenn Danzig and Jerry Only this uh, in the fall. But this gets a one, and it, and at first it wasn't. Um, but like I say, I I felt. I just felt like someone who was beating, you know, being heavy handed. And I, and I, and ultimately I, I just was, it was more of a, uh, of a, of a teen rebellion type thing. It's like, I'm not gonna, I don't, I'm, I'm putting this number one. This is my least favorite. Okay. Jeff. Uh, this is a 10 for me. Um, I, I've been nervous about the scoring ever since I listened to the um, Weezer episode. I don't want to Dave or Netta anything at this point. So I want to make sure that I have my scores right in front of me. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is a 10. This is very, very high. This is my third favorite song yeah. on this album. Um, and and this gets an eight for me. So Wayne, uh, Wayne definitely waffle stomped this right out of the, uh, the, the top five. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there real early in the episode. So there you go. 
that's gonna that's gonna hurt but uh i'll live with it i knew this was gonna be tough uh i i knew this was going to be tough i did not know this was going to be this tough that's that's <laughs> you get the reference uh, uh, no oh PCU? oh yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. okay yes I, I may have misquoted I'm, it too. Though. I'm disappointed in myself. It has been a long time since yeah. since uh, we've watched PCU, dude. Yeah. Cooperstown. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Yes, we will do All it. All right. Yeah, that and singles. We'll have that and singles. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Here's the second song. This is Wood Burning. to the lyrics i think i I have a i think i have a good good idea i i'm probably going to overanalyze it but there's no reference whatsoever in the lyrics to wood burning but wayne a boredom i just i you know what as i listen to the song and i mean this one of the and i'm not trying to insult anybody but this uh, this record is a bit dated it has a very 90s feel all the way through it and that's not a bad thing that's i'm not saying that's a bad thing but like I say, I did. Uh, this is one of the ones that kind of just hung around and grew on me. And I like it's it's got that sludgy guitar with the reverb and uh, very '90s lyrics, uh, like every day's the same, nothing's nothing ever changes. I can't do anything. And so the wood burning to me is sitting there either with a magnifying glass, just bored out of your head, or I don't know, a cigarette or something, and burning wood, boredom. I think it's re- repetitive, but for a purpose, because I, I really feel like this one is illustrating uh, like a Groundhog's Day sort of existence, which to me is like depression, maybe drug addiction, but I think it almost might just be this sort of depression. You're in a funk um, and you can't get out of it. And it's just like every day's the same. You get up, you go to work, you come home, you eat your dinner, you watch an episode of something, you go to bed. You know what I mean? That's that's what I feel in this is uh, I, that repetitive and and. Um, you know, trying to illustrate that just dissatisfaction that you're experiencing. Yeah, and and maybe it's because we just released the finally the Dookie episode. This felt like uh, lyrics to a Green Day song, did it not? Like, take the longest day, throw it all away. I can't yeah. stand it. I can't yeah. do anything. I mean, it's like, um, yeah, this is. Yeah, I'm bored with my life. Yeah. Very, very nineties and very, yeah, very, it's all the same day after day. But like I say, he, in this one, the music, that sludgy guitar and the reverb. And then, like I say, there is, there's a little bit of angst and dissatisfaction in this song that, that pushed it up. All right. Anything else we want to talk about with wood burning before we get some scores? I don't think so. So let's get some scores, Jeff. Uh, this gets a three for me. Um, I love it. But uh, it just slid down as I started scoring things. And Wayne? I gave it an eight. It started sliding up. Okay. And I gave it a five. Here we go. Here is the third song. This is 
something's always wrong. would have been the second single on the record barely missed the top 40 at number 41 however on the modern rock charts it did hit number nine and this is definitely one that uh, if you go to a toad concert you will definitely hear this song jeff tell tell me about something's always wrong uh, this one um, is one where I think I like it better live, and it's taken on a, a lot of life live. I really kind of thought this would probably end up much higher on my list, and I I, I love it, but uh, um, it just as we went along, it kind of slid down in favor of some other ones. I really love the harmonies. It's it's the first of really, uh, I think, a lot of great harmonies on this album. Uh, Todd's harmonies in this one in particular, what I like is it contains all these like soft additional lyrics that are more present when you hear it live and they add a lot of meaning to the song. So if you just look up the lyrics and you, you don't look up what he's filling in those lines with, it's, it's not that there's so much just harmonies. They're actually, he's like singing the second part of the sentences. Um, and it just feels like one where it's a relationship or friendship where you're just never quite on the same page. Um, in, in terms of, it might just be bad timing on your part. Uh, you just can't quite ever get on the same page with someone um and and find that you know find that relationship that's working when one of them's not focused on a career or something else you know it's that sort of thing something's always yeah. in the way Wayne I can't I can't believe I'm going to say this like I completely agree with you Jeff 100% I think the they don't I don't know that they that there's a lot of background vocals in this record but this play in this instance it gives the song so much more depth and it really oh, yeah. feels just you know, it has this deep, much more fuller uh, atmosphere, and um, and I love the line "spaces in between." It's not, it's not a lyric. It's not an, you know, it's not. It's been used a, a number of times, but it just conjures up that, just like you were saying, that you can't ever. It's never. It never works. It, it just whether she's seeing somebody, you're seeing somebody. Uh, they got to move away for a job. It just, it doesn't matter. I mean, I've been in those relationships on a, on a couple of occasions where it doesn't matter what you do. It's just not going to work. It's, it's just for those spaces in between. Yeah. And, and maybe just, like I said, just for bad timing, it, it might've worked at the, at a different place in time, but you just can't like, you might be okay uh, for each other, but you just can't ever quite sync up. That's be, that would be something sometimes wrong. This is something's always wrong. Well, right, but that's that's what I'm saying. It is always wrong in their situation, but they can't find that time when it's not. Or, or, so, or is the always know. wrong because that's you know the exaggeration of things? Because you know when I whenever I get in a fight with my wife, it's always well, you always do that, and it's like yeah, she doesn't always do that, but you know you're trying to illustrate a point by saying you know it's always wrong. 
everything is always wrong. You guys seen the video for this? Yeah. So <laughs> not in several years. <laughs> if if you if you want more uh spiritual overtone, so there there definitely is more imagery in the video. God is for sale in the video for the low price of $189 with the caption of dogma reduced. <laughs> and there's also a penance rope that you can use to flog yourself for your misdeeds. And the caption on that is each lash removes hours of guilt. <laughs> and I, and, and I don't know if you had noticed, but the band starts out for sale at $339 price to move. And that's down from their retail value of $399.99. And the band, as part of the caption, says the band is also non-toxic. <laughs> Which uh, I thought was was kind of funny because the band didn't listen to that caption after their next record, Coil, because, uh, yeah, they broke up for a period of time. So there was definitely some some toxicity in their relationship. I, I think some of that some of that ended up because of the uh, label. I don't think they did a good job with Coil, and I think it messed them up. So, yeah, I agree. Um, by the end of that video, though, the price had been reduced to three easy payments of twenty nine ninety nine, and uh, ends up with somebody buying them at that. It's got price. like that home shopping network uh, kind of feel. Yeah, yeah, and scapegoats. They're on sale for thirty nine dollars. I'll take them. Um, I, I would, I would totally. I'll take them. Oh man, yeah. let's load up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, let's get some scores for something's always wrong. So um, I'm, I'm going to throw mine, my score out first because I will tell you that at the beginning of the week when I scored this, it was about a seven, and then I saw them last night live, and there's something special about the live performance. So uh, this is now my 12 and um, that is just because I saw it live. And there's, like I said, there's something special about that. So Jeff, your score. I actually, I completely get why you're saying that. And I don't, there was a time when I, when I first was just looking at the, at the list of the songs and I kind of thought, Oh, I bet something's always wrong. is going to be on top. Um, And I think it is remembering the live. And if I had seen them last night, it might've been the same. It slipped all the way down to my four. Like it, I, and I, do, I can't explain it. Uh, if I'd have seen them live, probably wouldn't be because this is a great song live. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I know. I, I yeah. I don't like my scores. Yeah. <laughs> you, I'm embarrassed. You, yeah. Well, maybe we'll revisit this uh, two weeks from now and you listen <laughs> yeah. to it again. But I understand why it's your 12, though. I really, I, I genuinely do. I, I would have thought it could have been at mine at one point. So yeah. And then Wayne, what's your score? First of all, I love songs with the word wrong in them. Uh, and so it, 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 it had me right there, but uh, I had it as high as 11, but I ended up, it ended up with that number at my t- getting a which, 10. Uh, maybe that the, the, the spoiler alert for the next song, which is stupid. You also like songs that have stupid in the title as well. So, um, here we go. This is, uh, this is fourth song. This is stupid. Uh, 
can somebody explain to me why? Uh, so I was listening to this on Spotify, and it says that it's stu- oh. stupid acoustic version. It's bad. Acoustic it's, version, it's not. It's just mislabeled. Is 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 it just mislabeled, or it's is just this, or is this a joke? It, it's it's not it's not like that on the album. And it's, this is the okay. same one as the album cut on. Okay. And Amazon Music did the same thing. They called called it the uh, acoustic version. But first of all, get your clown horn ready. Is she in the contractor? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, or did that's it's one of the two. It's either she is, or at some point they dated, and he kind of is dismissive of him at the beginning, and so he's either dismissive and he lets you know the wolf in into the hen house, or um, at, at some point before she she dated him. Okay, I love this song. Um, I probably sing along to it more than any other song. I love that that just that that I am feeling really stupid. Um, part of it, I I love it. Um, I don't like the ending of this song and that's always kind of i think what starts to knock it down but i really dig the guitar solo in it it's it's funny because this one i thought could have ended up as close to my number one at one point i had it at my number one at one point and then switched it out and uh, again it's just a song i really really dig it's fun to sing along to and i will say this uh i think the reason that it's fun is they have a they have a way of of taking they don't knock other bands off. I, I, I mean, I, and this is I'm this is an honest to god compliment of they can. There's when I done, there's a few of these songs where I listen to them and I'm like, you know what? That sounds that it makes me kind of feel a little a little bit of presence of the United States of America in in this song. And they do that on a couple other songs where there's I can't remember the song. I wish I'd wrote it down. But there's one there's an, it, where it gives me like this XTC feel, and. Uh, and they're not they they found a way to to incorporate like some of these like it's like they can figure out what makes Tom Petty sound like Tom Petty and somehow bring put that in there where they don't it's not you would say oh that's you know that's not Tom Petty but it's, there's something about it that's Tom Petty esque or in this case like I say this this song totally reminded me of of a really like somebody who grew up listening to the presidents of the United States or something, even though they were, they were contemporaries, but they were able to use that. And like I say, it's got this great, the second guitar has this kind of single note stuff that goes on through the whole song. And then, like you say, those really cool guitar solos come in over the top of it. And uh, I really like this song a lot. Yeah. I can see the president's uh, kind of feel now that you mention it too. Uh, I'll be curious to see if you, did you note the XTC song? That would be fun to hear I, too. You know what? I, I, and it's one of those things where when you listen to it, you'd if if you if you, I gosh, I wish I would yeah. have wrote it down because it was something I thought of when I was driving and listened to this, and I was like, I don't know what it is, but it just makes me think of XTC. Something about the uh, the, the the vocal delivery and then the and the and the guitar. We should do an like, XTC it, album though. We should do that. Oh, skylarking. I, yeah, I would love it. That would be great. Yeah. All right. Let's get some scores. Wayne, I already. Kind of spoiler, yeah, already spoiler uh, alerted that one, uh, Jeff. Uh, five. It just slid down again. I, I and I can't. Expo- I would rather have Wayne score on this, <laughs> in a way. I, I, I love this song, so all right. I don't know. All right, and then uh, I give this a four. Um, I'm with I'm with you, Jeff. Uh, at the beginning of the week, this was higher for me, but. Yeah, the ending of the song I don't love, and it always kind of peters out for me on the way that it just like da, 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 or something, right. you know, just that little. It doesn't quite work for me at the ending. It almost feels like a sort of incomplete song, like a contractor's work might be, as you're standing down the ceiling. Dun, dun, dun. Um, 
I don't know. Yeah. But I like the song a lot. All right, let's move on. This is fifth song. This is Crowing. Get over regrets. You were sleeping with angels. He was under the So I saw on Discogs that this was released as a single. Um, I forgot to mention Fly From Heaven was also released as a single, but I didn't recall hearing that particular song. I did hear this song on uh, on the radio. Do you remember, Jeff, the the mountain in Utah? That was a short-lived knockoff off of the, the mountain from Seattle which is also sadly defunct. Uh, the B-side on this particular one was Hope, and that can be found on In Light Syrup, which uh, I'll reference later on. But somebody somebody helped me with the lyrics of where he says, get over regret while you were sleeping with the angels. He was under the bed and the more skin, and the more skin that you, you shed. shed. The more that the air, the more in, that the air in the throat will linger when you call him your friend. Okay, so is this a friend song? No, it's not. It's a. It, this is this is a, about a woman. That no matter how much love and affection she heaps on this person, her lover just he he's not going to be kept. And it, it might not even be unfaithfulness. It might be workaholic. It might be something else he's focused on. This one for me is super super personal. Um, I, I love this song. This is my second favorite Toad the Wet Sprocket song. Um, I just, I find it just haunting and, and just really spectacularly beautiful. It's poetic. It's melancholy. Um, it's one of those things that it hits me at a personal level because I think that there's a lot of times in my life where I just never could quite figure out how to be happy in spite of the fact that I had a woman in my life who was like this. It's like, uh, you know, she gives me love and affection. She treats me as great as I can. And yet I'm, I was always, you know, looking for other areas of my life to try to be happy in. And if I would just settle down and pay attention that all the happiness is I, I need is right here. Um, I, and when I've done that over the last few years, I've been a lot happier. And the irony is that the more I've come to realize that the more that I'm able to also then be successful with these other pursuits. And I don't need the same validation from them that I used to. Uh, I don't look to those things in the same way. Like I don't need to be loved and adored from them. I can just enjoy the moments of them. And and that's what I've really found uh, satisfying. And so this song really, really, really speaks to me. Um, the bridge in particular is just fantastic. The staring at a cold little hand, reading fault lines of a shell of a man. You were waiting for a word from above. Wouldn't you know it? No answer ever did come. I, I love it. It's poetry. I'm not even going to ask Wayne for any commentary because I, I, oh, I, I want to leave it. Oh. I want to leave it just there because that that was beautifully said, Jeff. 
All right, let's Thanks. let's have, let's get some scores. So you've already twelve. You've already <laughs> okay. Already, I don't know. Oh. If that's how it, that's fine. That's all. Uh, that's all well and good. All I got written in my notes is more contemporary Christian rock. Blah blah oh, blah blah. Oh, dude. I, I thought the emotion in the vocals was empty. I thought it sounded oh. like he was he was trying to be. He was uh, once again he was say, singing at the mega church. Oh Ben, I might be drinking too much for this. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get Sterly. Um, oh, perfect. All right, I can I can mute his mic at any time, Jeff. You just oh, let me know. Oh, this one's rough. That there you rough, go. Man. Cut me out of the final edit. That's right. Um, all right, so this is this is a, a a high score for me as well. This is my eleven, and again, it has a lot to do with. I know that Wayne, you you know you're you're thinking that his his uh, emotion is maybe, um, feigned, but we've seen this live, Jeff. I mean, I, I, yeah. I saw it again yeah. last night, two different times, um, because they played the acoustic version during the meet and greet, and then they played, you know, full band. And, um, honestly that my score was definitely intact at a, at an 11, um, before I saw it live twice last night, but um, this is not this is not one of those feigned emotions. I think this is Mm-mm. this is this is real. I think that this is also a personal song for for Glenn as well. And if you listen to his his you know his last record, his solo record that uh, that he put out, very personal record, talking about um, you know going through divorce. And um, just listen to the the song "Go." I mean, that is that's one of the most emotional songs for for me from that anybody has written. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's um, and you and I got to hear that live at his CD release party in Santa Barbara a couple of years ago. It just was good timing on my part that I was in LA for business. And, um, that was, that was real though. Those yeah, were real if, emotions. If you've listened to, you know, winter pays for summer or swallowed by the new, uh, or seen them live, it, it's definitely not a faint emotion. This is Glenn, like full throating, like definitely the, you know, the, something he's haunted by here. And I, I just, boy, it hits me, it just hits me hard. I, I love this one. So yeah, not much more. I can. All right, let's, let, let's move on. What was Wayne's score? He said Wayne's five, score? five. Okay. Um, I guess I could I could have to let him answer because I haven't muted him yet, even though I think he's <laughs> he's shrinking. I'm a big boy. I can take he's, this. He's shrinking in the corner right now. <laughs> oh no, not at all. I'm waiting for the surly part. <laughs> uh, these, I haven't even got to my two or my three. I, I'm sure this is gonna. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. I, I just like I say. Too much, I, high, I too love, much high west for me right now. I think I, 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 I love you guys' passion over this. Over the, uh, I, I say I, I will say about that song, it had a coyote reference. So I, I guess I expected more because I do think the name of the album is brilliant, and when, and so I had high expectations from the get go for crowing and windmills, and they both disappointed me. So yeah, you're gonna disappoint me here in a moment. So. That I'm, oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna guffaw here in a moment, but let let's go to listen first. Here's here's the sixth song. This is listen. I'm the liar. So it seems. 
Our scores are all over the place on this one. And um, to, to quote Nightingale song, we might be different, but our hearts won't lie. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's go with Jeff. Jeff, uh, let's start with you again. This song, uh, I love the slow burn on this, where it's just really deceptively quiet at the beginning. And then it builds to this intensity that you, you don't see it coming. Um, I love the way that Glenn stretches the word listen out to about five syllables. Uh, I love that part of it. I think that there's just a very epic nature that comes out of the song. That, again, I don't you don't see coming at the beginning of it. Um, the guitar solo at the ending is super foreboding. There's just this pending sense of doom. Um, uh, just the whole thing. Caught in the headlights, we're frozen, cannot hide. There's no break. There's no time. If you can, I might listen. I just, it's the way, and again, I suck at delivering those, but uh, the way that he does is really really powerful there's just a, a lot of fury uh going into this so who who is he talking to because I, I i could interpret this as two different ways so going back to if you're if you're looking at this from the standpoint of fly from heaven and you have a little bit of this spirituality thing going on um mm-hmm. and with the first verse where he's talking about the you know call you sacred call you obscene call you faithless call you anything i mean you could interpret this as i'm i'm calling you via a prayer and you know you you could take it from from that perspective or you could take it from a perspective of you know love interest or or whatnot um i and i i could be cool with either one of those interpretations i thought about it from the prayer perspective um and it might it, it might might be um you know, call and you listen, you know, but, um, to me, it's, I, I don't know. It still has that, that hints of, uh, some sort of a relationship. It could be a, a brother, uh, you know, uh, uh, an emotional love relationship. Um, it's just, you know, I, I don't know for sure what it's about. I just know that I I'm captivated while he's, you know, building in this one. Yeah. So Wayne, um, this is another one that uh, I don't think you're agreeing with us on. And you know what killed it for me was all these this distorted guitars back behind the chorus. It just didn't sound like them. It didn't. It came across. I don't know. Trying to capture some of that 1994 Seattle sound or something. And so um, I didn't. I looked at the lyrics. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I can say I felt like. He's trying too hard to sound desperate, but it doesn't, to me, it didn't come off believable, but I'm not the toad, the wet sprocket guru that you guys are. So I don't think you're listening. Oh, no. Listen. Listen. I'm trying to figure out whether right now, whether I need another drink or to stop drinking. I don't know which, which one it is right now. I can't tell. If you live closer, I would say have another one or not have another one, but 
but, but you live so far away. Go ahead. Drink up. Oh, all right. Let's, uh, let's get some scores. So Jeff, uh, this is 11 for me. This is my second favorite on the album okay. uh, today or yesterday when I scored it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, fly from heaven might've moved up or something's always wrong, but, uh, that's where it, it was at. I scored it 11. Yeah. I gave this, Love this song. I gave this a seven and then Wayne, I gave it a four. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. So uh, here is the next song, which Wayne is going to just poop all over. Here's Windmills. I spent too much time reading windmills. We go And this is probably the least amount of lyrics for this record, but I think it's succinct enough to bring the point across. I love pretty much everything about this song. Uh, and and this was one of we're those. Yeah, we're in trouble, Wayne. Um, and this was one of those, uh, those songs. Jeff, what are you doing on Thursday nights? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yes. Uh, all right. So this this definitely would be in probably my top 10 favorite Toad songs ever. Um, I don't know what would be my top Toad. Jeff, do, do you have that finalized? Do you... my, my top Toad song is Come Back Down yeah. off of, uh, is that Pale or Bread and Circus? I love it. And it's the one where he breaks down and plays it on ukulele live. And it is absolutely mesmerizing and beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Kingman, uh, he uh, he played the uke last night for, for oh, that. And and well, that was another one where I got him to autograph, and I told him that was my favorite song, and he said, so sad. He wrote, so sad. He, <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Great song, great song. All right, so uh, this is definitely the Don Quixote reference of spending too much time raiding windmills. I just love this song. This is this is a great song, and I know it's it's depressing as heck, but you know what? I don't care. So this is, uh, I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to let you know that this is my, my 10 score. And then you guys can um, go ahead and tell me your crappy scores and you can poop all over this one. So Wayne, we'll start with you. You know what? I, once again, I went into it with big expectations because of the Kyoto reference. Um, and then the backing vocals, which they've proven to me, they can do. They went ahead and pulled. It just gave me this whole big white mega church church choir, and I they lost me. What'd you score it? I gave it a three, and that that was be, and that's you know what. Here's the I funny thing about this. Here's the funny thing. Okay, <laughs> I love this song. I think this has one of the best percussive moments on the album. Um, it has those, what is, I don't know if it's floor toms or whatever. I love it. It builds. It's this song that it just becomes more epic as it goes along. Um, the, the thing to me that always kind of hurts this song for me is I'm coming off of what is probably most days, my second favorite song on the album and it's loud and it's intense and it builds. And I don't listen to this song out of, out of order uh, or this album out of order. I don't skip anything. There's nothing on this album that I don't really, really, really love. 
Um, and so when I come into windmills, it's sort of this weird letdown from from listen for me. And that's the only thing I think that it, it hurts the score a little bit. But my score is lower than Wayne's, and yet I love the song. I love the song. It, it could have been. I I'll be honest. I had this scored. I think at one point as high as uh, an eight or a nine points for me, um, and it slid all the way down to two by the time I got done. It, it is my what does that make it my 11th favorite song on this album there you go that's right. how you do it that's yeah that's how you do it yeah and and to your point jeff i always felt like the tracking on a couple things here were a little weird i would have put this I, after I crowing i agree or i would have even put it after something's always wrong maybe yeah i i don't like that this is one of the sequencing ones where i don't really dig it 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 just loses steam in a way after listen but i don't know what wouldn't on this album listen is is an intense song yeah. in my opinion and it it's not uh it's not an easy one to to not sacrifice something to i might have thrown something like nancy after after that to be honest with you because it's yeah. it's it's lighter but it's also like frivolous you know uh, or even stupid or something yeah all right so speaking of Nancy, here we go. Here's the next song. I can't believe you. You bend your words like you're together spoons. Not quite safe here. And every judgment seems to smack up. And are you okay? I'm just fine. You take Nancy. So Nancy is a reference to Nancy Griffith. And I can tell you that um, I listened to a couple songs today on Spotify. And I don't think I've ever listened to Nancy Griffith. Yeah. I and, 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 and Anyone? Yeah. I've listened to a no, little, I, little bit I, of Nancy Griffith. Is Loretta Loretta Lynn? Yeah. Yes. Okay. On the surface, this feels like a song that is just two wingmen kind of arguing over like which, which uh, girl they're going to take home. Uh, and it works on that level too. And then when I dove into it a little bit and really paid attention, was reading, you know, some of the other, I, this one, I actually looked at like song meanings and dove into that. And the, the Nancy uh, Griffith and, and Loretta Lynn um, stuff. It's almost more like um, it's an argument between two people about their music, which is really kind of fun as well. Um, it's this more about, uh, you know, Griffith has Griffith has his darker songs. Loretta Lynn's is is definitely a little peppier songs, and and they can't quite choose between them. Maybe it's a breakup, and they're you know, and they're they're splitting up their music. Maybe it's a um, you know, just two friends <laughs> arguing over uh, you know, arguing over music. But so, which one are you, Wayne? Are you Loretta? Or are you Nancy? Well, since I never heard of the one, I guess I would have to be a letter. But I, I want to say that he, this is another one of those songs where without knocking off Harry Nilsson or Jim Croce, he, he, I love this song for the fact that it's got a sense of humor, which I don't believe any other songs on this record have. And it's completely different. And it's, and he captures that, that feeling. I mean, Jim Croce was always throwing, you know, old girls names in songs like that. And both Harry Nilsson and Jim Croce had this sense of humor. Sometimes Jim Croce got over the top with like Leroy Brown and stuff, but a lot, a lot of his other songs have a much more subtle sense of humor. And, and 
I just loved it for that. Just it just reminded me, like I say, it didn't it didn't not it wasn't knocking anybody off. It was clearly it had that feel of being inspired by possibly both those guys because even his vocals sound they have they have you know uh, parts of Harry Nilsson and Jim Croce kind of in his vocals, and I just loved it. It I almost this all I tr- I continued to try to every time I'd listen to it, I think this is my favorite song on this record. And then the next song would play and I would have to push it back down one. Um, this has one of my favorite lines uh, on the record. I can't believe you. You bend your words like Yuri Geller spoons. I, I just, I like the visual of that. I like the imagery of it. This is one when we started, when you when you were talking about scoring this album, that immediately when I just look at the list, I was like, well, that's going to be my least favorite. And then I'd listen to it. And I was like, I love this song. And, and then it would rise up to somewhere. I think I got it as high as like eight at some point. And and then it's still in the end. It's sort of for whatever reason it slid down. Um, but I I love the song. It's it scores very very low for me. It's my it's my uh, uh, one. Um, but I love it. So that's. I find it ironic that the only song with a sense of humor is the lowest score by the comedian. Because I I appreciate the other songs more. I don't think that they're Hillsong or some of the other crappy Christian music. I guess I I don't see it that way because I'm moved and I have a heart uh, as well as being a sense of humor. Uh, no, I do dig the sense of humor in this one too. I actually really appreciate it. Like I said, there's not a song I don't like, and so it's my 12th favorite song on this album. I love I it. Had, I had to look up Yuri Geller. You did? Oh, really? Yeah. I caught the reference right off. That's what that helps to play into that, you know, that 70s, late 70s, early 80s kind of kind of uh, oh, singer-songwriter yeah. thing that it was going on. Yeah, I, I Jeff, you you have a, mu- a magician living in your house. I don't have anyone that Oh no, but I got the Yuri Giller. I would have gotten the Yuri Giller before. Didn't. Like I, I remember that whole the mentalist type stuff. You should watch it. There's a great documentary that I think is on Netflix called An Honest Liar really really good and and uh it deals a little bit with yuri geller and that like debunking a little bit of what he's doing but then the story just kind of goes awry that's a good doc um by the way wayne sorry i don't mean to derail it did you you i I thought i heard you mention on one of the podcasts that you watched the uh one about andrew wood absolutely did you did you dig it oh absolutely yeah Yeah. um, that those i mean i've never seen that much video of him and great uh you know, to, uh, talking to his fiance and, uh, you know, and Chris Cornell was a, was a huge part. I mean, I knew they were best friends, but, uh, just, yeah, that was a tremendous, uh, tremendous watch. I, I yeah. enjoyed every minute of that. I saw that in the theater in a screening with the director and got a chance to talk to him afterward. It was just, I loved seeing that stuff on screen. It was amazing. So, but that's another one. If you like documentaries, uh, an honest liar and he, he, that ties into the Yuri Geller. So we're back, we're back, Ben, we're back, we're back. full circle. So I, I gave I gave this a one, um, begrudgingly. I gave it a two, and then Wayne. I gave it an eleven. Yeah, see, we're listening to a whole different record. I think. All right, uh, moving on. This is Fall Down.
So this was the first single reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock charts in June of 94, was there for six weeks. Can you believe that? That was the number one song for six weeks on the Modern Rock chart. Yep. I can't. This was the this was the song that propelled this album quite a bit. I mean, this this yeah. was big. Um, you want to know what knocked it off of the modern rock chart? I don't I know. I do. Ninety four. It might have been might have been Weezer. Come out and play by the Offspring. <laughs> oh. <laughs> exactly. Stupid. Yeah. Um, all right. So the video is a dance party, not to be confused with their EP, the Acoustic Dance Party. But I think the video is referencing Carrie. It, it, I don't know if you guys watched the video, but uh, I haven't for a long time. I I, I should have phoned up on that, but I didn't. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Uh, the CD single also included "All Right," and that ended up on "In Light Syrup," and um, probably a good idea because I don't think "All Right" would have fit on Dulcinea. It's no. kind of a somber song kind of in the vein of um, the next song that we'll talk about here in a moment. Um, who wants to, who wants to talk about? Uh, oh, about absolutely. I will. Um, I'm sure no, no mosh pits ever erupted around this song, but finally something you could, you know, throw your fucking long hair forward and pump, pump your fist. I know some fists were pumped, but this is, you know, I granted this is much more my wheelhouse angst and desperation, but I think the bass carries this. Uh, and it's just, uh, this, this was just, I, I, this is one of my favorite songs, obviously definitely my favorite song of this album, but one of my favorite songs from the nineties. Yeah, this is, uh, this is great. And it, um, it definitely has that quality at a show. It's one of the more driving songs in terms of that. It's one of the poppiest songs off the album. The funny thing is when you talk about all that emotion, you're just talking about, I think if you dove into the lyrics of the other songs, you'd find stuff, some discontent that you would actually relate to um this one just does a better job of i think packaging it for you to be honest that there was a time several years ago where this would have easily been my number one um but it's it's one of those things where over the years i just have found kind of deeper meaning in a few of the other tracks really um that's it's a nice it's a really great accessible single uh it doesn't surprise me that it was the first single it really drove this album and then when i got into the album i was like oh there's all this other great stuff and all these themes the faith themes and stuff also really great harmonies on this so yeah all right let's get some scores so wayne i give it a 12 and then jeff Uh, i'm a nine on this one yeah and i'm a six well you didn't talk about it why where 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 does that come from that's pretty middle of the pack for you i understand it but i i i don't know and and maybe it's just kind of where where i'm at right now um i'm not feeling i'm not feeling much angst because uh you know go back to go back to my my score for for listen so that was i gave that a seven and if you would have asked me mm, six months ago that probably would have been i probably would have matched your 11 on that yeah um but that's how music works i mean it's where you're feeling right now um Angst and spirituality for me are funny because I don't always have to buy into or believe what someone else believes in those faith questions kind of in order to be moved by their struggle with them, but either faith or angst or, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm a sucker for that. 
um, whether it fits my ideology or theology or, or what I'm going through, I can still look at it and go, Oh, I'm just, I just feel it. I I'm feeling whatever you're kicking out there. So, uh, yeah. which is kind of how I feel about the last song too. Okay, cool. All right. This is, uh, <coughs> I can't talk. Are you all right? Did you, did you swallow a toad? <laughs> Uh, I've been fighting allergies all freaking week, and um, I think my Claritin is finally wearing off because um, I'm like really freaking tired right now. I'm like trying to keep my eyes open. You should try whiskey. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> you gotta start drinking. Man, I I need to have a faith crisis. Apparently, <laughs> no, no, um, you can do it without it, man. It's just so delicious. <laughs> so delicious when it hits your lips. Yeah. Nope. I'm good. I know. All right, let's uh, let's. I would move slap on. that glass away from your mouth. I would protect your integrity, and I know that you would. So I appreciate you for for doing that. We respect one another's. I think so. Belief systems. So something like that. Sorry for the derail. Yeah, I just that's right. that's these episodes are about the derail. That's where the good stuff's at. That's that is right. That's where the it's the stuff that's in between. It's this in the, the spaces space in between. <laughs> it is. That's where I live, man. Uh, yeah. All right, moving on. Here's uh, number 10. This is inside. And this is where I think we're going to find some common ground. I think, finally. So this is a Todd song. Yeah. The credits are Todd and Glenn, but Todd is the one singing it. This is a this is a nice little rocker. Uh, th- this is where I think, to, to your point, Wayne, of, of the previous song where, um, yeah, they, they, they can actually, they can actually rock. They don't, they're not all about this, uh, you know, fly from heaven, uh, Christian rock, uh, whatever that you keep, uh, keeping on them. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is, this is a good song. Um, and I really do like, I really do like Todd's voice as well. I think it really blends well with, with clan, you know, one of the really underappreciated records of the last, you know, 20 years or so is that first lapdog record. In fact, I, I bought it last night, uh, on CD. You had burnt me a copy years ago. Sorry, um, Todd, but I made reparations and I actually bought it, um, you know, legitimately last night. So, yeah, I love that record, and I love Todd's voice. Um, early on, I thought I was going to rank his stuff quite a ways down, and then it started moving up a little bit. Um, uh, it, it, he's he's great. I think that it's tough when you're up against Glenn. Glenn is amazing. Um, but Todd is really great, and he has a lot of, like I said, Crazy Life uh, off of Coil is his uh, vocals, and that would be very, very high for me in the total, um, total West Rocket canon. So 
um this is an interesting song man uh and and you know it's it, it has powerful lyrics again too. tear this anger from my soul wash me clean and leave me whole it's this trying to sort of overcome you know uh whatever's burdening you down in terms of anger or resentment or whatever that is it's it's how do i get out from under this 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 thing this thing that's weighing me down yep yep absolutely Wow, this to me, this song was all musically. First of all, I was coming off a high from Fall Down, and this one keeps it going. And like I say, the build up to the chorus is super strong. I love it. The great, great bass work, and then it's it's got some not over the top, but just nice like '90s crunchy guitars in there to keep it just great keep it guitar. For it. Really great guitar parts. Yep. All right, let's get some scores. So this gets a nine for me. I gave it a seven. Oh, I guess I probably should say, uh, Wayne, yeah, what's, for you to leave what, wait, what's your score? You know, every, every so often I think that Wayne is going to lead and then he just kind of lets me down. Um, all right. So, <laughs> so, wow. So, uh, well, you know, you've been hurting, hurting my feelings all, all, uh, all podcasts with your, your Christian rock. Oh, it goes, it goes further than that. I mean, we, uh, what's it? 30 years now, <laughs> 32 true. years now. Yeah, uh, there's a therapy session in there somewhere. All right, Jeff, uh, your score. I'm an I'm an eight on this one, which is way higher than I had at the beginning. But I love it. It's a really great song. Yeah. All right. So, so second to last song. This is begin. That's the uh, the irony, I think, is uh, second to last score, and now you're putting begin? Okay. Um, I'm going to just throw this out there. This is my least favorite song on the record. I don't think that I skip over it, but um, I'm kind of like with you, Wayne, of the, the, the highs of the previous two songs, and this, again... I think it's just tracking. If this was tracked a little bit different, I probably would have a different score for this, but um, listening to this record as a whole, this, uh, this definitely gets my lowest score. I don't hate it. It just gets my lowest score. Did you read the lyrics? Yeah. Did you, did you read about the lyrics? I didn't read about the lyrics. Why don't you, because why don't you give me a little, here's the thing. I'm kind of, sometimes I'm a little bit dismissive or I want to dismiss this song. I like it because I like Todd's voice and I want to give it the the listen. And so I really dove into this one a little bit more in the past week. I listened to it several times. And I read the lyrics several times. And all of a sudden, it really dawned on me what it was. And then I started looking up meaning on it. And it's a child dealing with a father's death. And it's super haunting. It's like, and it's this back-to-back dueling songs about you know, the endlessness of life or reincarnation or whatever. And I always thought reincarnation song would be the one that I would give the nod to, but the imagery in this song is so cool and amazing. And it's so heartfelt. The child it's, 
this this thing the child presses like takes the mother into this other room and he presses the flashlight up against a wall and says this is how we knew him like the dead father in a little egg you know that more focused like circle of light on the wall and then they step back with the flashlight and they say and this is daddy now a light that fills the room like that like he's everywhere now and i was just i was a mess i was like oh my gosh it's so beautiful um you know whether i believe or feel the same way it it, i really felt the emotion of this song a lot more when i dove into it and spent time um really with the lyrics and and just contemplating a little bit i I think it's so cool the imagery that they write in this one is just beautiful beautiful there's no ending when we die and it's again from a child's perspective uh i so i don't even know how to wrap my arms around that one because I feel like we're going back full circle to the earlier conversation that we had about you being on I'm a rescue talking about the dad issues and, and is I'm going to give you some free therapy. I think this, this has something to do with some of those you're, you're looking at it from that relationship standpoint. I don't think I looked at it from a dad of my dad. I think I looked at it from my children standpoint okay. is how I looked at that th- this week. This idea of, I think I loved the, I struggle with the spirituality stuff. I just do. I struggle with what, is there anything after? I don't know, to be honest with you. I'm not smart enough to know. Um, I know that it was probably more joyful and easier when I was like, here's how it all ends and and here's where we're all going to be. But I did like the idea of if I were gone, the idea of the hopefulness maybe of one of my kids being able to see me that way of going, we saw a small part of him. When we put the flashlight to the wall, this is how we saw him. He was real focused and he was right there. And now, and it doesn't even necessarily have to mean uh anything about an afterlife it's more of that glow that we have in our lives for having known him i'm actually getting like choked up now thinking about it like it really really moves me it's this idea um you could even just toss out afterlife but it's this child explaining to this mother that's also lost her husband that this is how he is now and backs away from the wall with a flashlight and watches that warmth and the light fill the room and I was just like, I was blown away because that's what you can have with people we lose. Even if we don't ever get to see them again, you have all of these experiences and all of this light that they brought into your life and all of these moments that um, it, it doesn't, It we don't have to just have that hyper-focused part of them where they walk in the door from work now. We have all the things they taught us and all the things that they shared with us. And that's how I hope my I hope my kids can kind of remember me if I'm ever gone in a way that this child remembers his parent. Yeah. Um, of just that sort of walking backward with the flashlight. I hope that I've filled their room. You know, I hope that I brought that light in their lives in a way that that they can appreciate after I'm gone. It's what we're all trying to do in this life, isn't it? Is is like leave some sort of an impression where we we light something up in a way where people are changed because of us and we light their life up in a in a meaningful way. Yeah. Absolutely. Now I'm all choked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and th- and that was quite that was quite a moving uh uh long-winded uh, diatribe. Uh but I completely I I you know what cuz I didn't this once again I'm taking this from the perspective of a casual to- toad the wet sprocket listener sure. with two <laughs> overly uh into toad what the wet sprocket guys and uh 
I get because when I looked at, I did read the lyrics and I and I got the child part, but and I and I was reading it thinking is because there's some of the comments and it made me feel like there was abuse going on. But then towards the end, I, I agree, I knew that wasn't it because there was kind of a don't you know go to the light kind of a thing at the end. So I that makes complete sense because um, I I couldn't I I was. I thought I was on the right track, but by the time I finished reading the lyrics, I was like, I don't, I think somebody, I think somebody's gone and they're, they're heading towards the light. Um, but this one to me was all about the atmosphere that bass is hypnotizing and it has this real spacey Pink Floyd feel once again, not like, not like knocking them off, but really kind of captures that whole, a lot along the lines of what you're saying that, you know, this bigger, I mean, what's bigger than, you know, when you go outside of the atmosphere, it's even, it's even bigger than that. So I, uh, I, 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 I hear you. I think the last four lines too is, is, um, is even about those questions. Are you, are you sleeping here beside me? Are you shining bright as the sky? Are you breathing now inside me? There's no ending when we die. It's this idea of, I don't think the narrator of this knows what comes after either and they're asking those same questions that we all maybe ask if we don't know for sure where are you now do, do you do you still exist or do you just exist inside me like is it is that just are you part of what what you gave to us or is there another thing and but but that that line of there's no ending when we die is still just as powerful no matter what your belief is if you've done things in this world that will yeah. leave things with people uh, speaking of uh, Pink Floyd, so um, last night at the end of the song Don't Fade, uh, Glenn goes, breathe, breathe in the air, don't be afraid to care. thought that was kind of cool. Um, that's that's reference to Dark yeah, Side yeah. of the Moon. That's great. You know who else I saw at Desert uh, Trip? You know, uh, but... Roger Waters. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and The Who and Rolling Stones and bob dylan but you don't care about bob dylan no i really don't care about bob dylan. i didn't either <laughs> third time seeing him i didn't care yeah fourth time i've seen him didn't care all right let's uh let's get some scores so i already told you this is my lowest wayne i give it a six and then jeff i'm a seven on this one and then uh here's last song this is reincarnation song I would have thought that this would have been ahead of begin earlier, but um, uh, I, one of the things I like about this is the production. I, I like how close Glenn is to the mic here. Um, it's a, it's a different feel. It's, and then the sparse guitar starts out and then his voice is just super, super present and raspy. Um, so it builds to this sort of like rapturous kind of feeling, which I, I think is really cool. Again, I, you know, again, I've repeated the same things over and over in this, but the imagery of the lyrics here to me are so the, the spirituality, the, the longing for trying to figure out the spirituality. I just think they're really good, really poetic. Um, there's a lot of big religious and faith themes that are at play here that, again, get me. And, and like I mentioned just before this, 
I don't necessarily have to buy into what you believe to be moved by the way that you express it in art. Um, if it's, if it's done in that way. So, so that's, that's where I come to with this one, this idea of, um, I don't know, reincarnation, you know, whether it's a thing or not, I get what he's trying to talk about here. I get what he's feeling in this particular instance. Yeah. I love the lyric. Give me your eyes. I'll show you things you never dreamed. You thought you'd see the only thing that, that knocks it down for me a little bit is, I can't tell if he's if this is a, a a dream or if this is you know he makes reference to you know mescaline uh, so that is a, a psychedelic drug uh, I guess it's a but I don't cacti. think I don't think he's talking I don't think he's talking about it here I think he's I've I found myself in a light that I had seen in sleep or sometimes or mescaline. So I think he's comparing whatever he's finding himself to in some sort of an afterlife scenario to those feelings, this sort of vague, foggy kind of bathed in light feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Um it, it's got an afterlife kind of quality, but maybe not being able to let go of um, you know so much baggage I brought with me to leave, but it's tugging at my sleeve, that sort of thing. He can't quite let go of uh, whatever's behind. So it kind of feels like somebody heading into more of maybe a, a Christian heaven and, and kind of being pulled back into reincarnation in a way is sort of the imagery that I get with it. How, How do you interpret the, the very last lyric though? So it ends with mother. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. All right. I mean, if you're, if you're brought back to, uh, I guess if you're brought back to life, another life, another birth, whatever you you're start out, that'd be you're starting person. out. Yeah. That's the first thing you're going to see, okay. right? Is, yeah. you know, is this, you know, is this the go round? Um, again, I'm a sucker for the religious, uh, you know, metaphors, especially if it's got struggle behind it. And that's what this one feels like <laughs> to me. It's feels like trying to come to grips with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Wayne, anything you want to chime in here before we get some scores? Yeah, there are sections of this song that if if that would have made it my favorite song, and then either they went on too long or they derailed into some sort of wailing. Uh, and then I felt at the end it was just a big Nirvana knockoff with the like something that you would have they would you would have found on an incesticide or at the outro of a song off Bleach. And it and I couldn't concentrate on the lyrics because it was one of those things, it was the weirdest because every time I listened to it, it, when it would start out with that kind of John K. Sampson from the weaker thans, and I was like, oh, I like this. I like it. And then it was like, what the, why is it still going on? And it just went, I couldn't follow it, I guess. And uh, and I couldn't even, I couldn't even listen to it. I, I mean, I couldn't hear what he was saying. I was, musically, it was, it was distracting sometimes. And like I say, there's, there's sections of it. There's portions of it that are, I think are brilliant. And I, and I loved and then it would either go on too long or it would or it would morph into something that I that I didn't like at all. Well, at least she hated it for that and not because it was a you know Christian rock song cuz Christian <laughs> Christian rock people don't it think just, about it was, they don't they don't they don't sing about reincarnation. It's definitely not Christian rock. In a lot of ways it just had so much potential. I think yeah. it's almost In a lot of ways it had so much potential that I that I was disappointed that it couldn't it couldn't get me where I, I I wanted it to go or I thought it should go. I feel more Beatles in yeah, this one than Christian Rock, to be honest. Like it has more of that Hindu 
kind of influence sort of thing going on that uh, uh, the Beatles went oh, through I, at some I, point I, too. I, so I feel I've said this bit. for years. I always I've always felt like this is white album type of type of uh, influence. But yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, let's I get some so. uh, let's get some scores. So Wayne. I gave it a deuce. Yeah, and I gave it a three, so I I can't really say too much uh, about your score. But you gave it a loving three. It's a loving three. (laughs) That's different. That's different. And I could have been down at three at different points during the week, too, but I ended up at six. Yeah, this is my Uh, ninth favorite song. Yeah, I get it, uh, for sure. So that's it. Did we we cover it? Are we good? Uh, Several angles. I think so. Um, you know, I didn't hit anybody, so there, there's that. Is is <laughs> is that because of the distance? Uh, possibly. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Let's uh, let's take a look at our top five. So, uh, crowing. Uh, yeah, I had to think. You and I saved that. Yeah. It, it, wind didn't wind, wind didn't tank it enough that we had to save it. If if it was my first and your second, right? That the uh, average score of nine point three three. Uh, followed by Fall Down, and that was mostly because of Wayne and his 12. Uh, third favorite was Something's Always Wrong, which uh, you tank that one, Jeff. Uh, a little yeah. bit. a little. But again, I love that song, yeah. so I don't. it doesn't bother me at all that it's yeah. third favorite. It's a great yeah. song. Inside, which we kind of uh, all agreed on, uh, that gave, got an average score of eight. That was our fourth favorite. And then Listen that uh that's our fifth favorite song in spite of wayne's tanking there yeah. i think my only disappointment out of that out of that is that i i couldn't get fly from heaven maybe a little higher that's the only one that i wish could could i could have driven it a little higher but uh other than that i can live with those scores yeah you know if if wayne would have at least given that a four that could have been in our top five it would, it would have never made four best it was was two <laughs> might have messed up might have messed up listener crowing anyway so i'm fine with that i honestly crowing getting number one totally fine that that i can live with that all, all the ones that end up in the top five i think are great songs i love this album i'm i was happy to revisit it uh i'm glad the two out of the three of us love this album and show it the respect that it deserves <laughs> um we've seen it a lot live so i think we have a sort of an appreciation for it that um showing respect's you know, not uh, my strong suit so I mean, you don't have to, but you, you know, I think if we'd have drug you along to seven toad shows by the end of it, you would have been clapping along and buying t-shirts. I, I think that's where you'd be. I bought fear uh, when it came out. Yeah. And yeah. then you gave it to me. Some, did I? I was, yes. I was thinking, I was like, I have the CD and I'm like, I don't think it's in there anymore, but that would make sense. Yeah. You gave it to me. Um, and I'm trying to remember what I gave you. I think I gave you like a, I don't know, a Neil Young record that I, I was like, I'm not really into this anymore. Like Neil and the Blue Notes or something? Probably. Or, or maybe Trans. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Oh, that's such an awful record. Yeah. Uh, There's still good stuff on that, though. There is. I'll, I agree. I have no Neil. If you can Young. mentally strip away the... You don't have any Neil Young. I don't have any. I don't have any. I have digital. I have some. I have a lot digitally. Or not a lot. I guess that's, okay. a, that's a strong word. All right. The, I'm I buying the archive. I have album, enough. So. Then now I have no idea what I traded you for. Maybe I just gave you money because you were you were broke at the time. Well, that you've really narrowed it down there uh, for my early twenties. There, <laughs> <Ben>. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'll say this. Here's the thing I would say about this this album in terms of when it came out too. Ninety four was a it was a good year for music for movies. There's a lot of cool stuff that came out in ninety four. Um, you guys are going through it right now on twenty fifth, but it's like I mean, Shawshank Redemption came out that year. Pulp Fiction, um, you know, obviously the Weezer album. This there's a lot of really cool stuff. I think Versus came out in ninety four. That was a that was a pretty good year or a year and a half right around that time of music and i i think this fits right in with it i love this album from that time period this was not a good year at the beginning of the year for me personally though oh well we don't have to do that we don't we yeah we're not going there because i'm i'm not rehashing no psycho psycho host beast at all, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah yeah but a lot of good a lot of cool it's every year from out of that year some of my some of my favorites in terms of movies and stuff like that came out of this year too. So since I have you on here again, Jeff, go ahead and plug whatever you're plugging. I don't really have anything to plug other than that. Nope. Uh, I think if you listen to that episode of the the Clark's Tom and Steph Clark's um, uh, I'm a Rescue podcast, I, I really like how that turned out. And so if you think I'm moderately funny and want to hear a little bit more about me, I think there's some interesting stuff in there um i'm i'm in wichita uh a week from friday doing a world series of comedy competition on friday night and if i advance if i'm top two i'll move to saturday night to semifinals. but i don't have a lot else on the books right now i'm, I'm traveling a little bit this summer just with the fam and uh, my dad's coming out for the first time early in june so it's kind of where i'm at okay so when when are we doing our uh terrence trent darby episode oh good question that's a great album mm-hmm. Well, um, you 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 canceled on us last. I month. I did. I canceled for a gig, so uh, I apologize for that for sure. It was a gig I had been trying to get into for a little bit and kind of needed the stage time. So my apologies, but uh, I I'm definitely down for rescheduling that one because I, I love that disc a lot. You're not our first guest who has canceled because of gigs, and and we understand your craft, so we're yeah we're cool with that. Thursday, All I mean, right. that's the thing about a Thursday night. Thursday night is when a gig will pop up sometimes more often than, you know, some of the other times. But uh, I, I will try to keep this and I, I'll try not to turn it, you know, to change your schedule for gigs that are not sort of something I'm really wanting to get introduced to, I guess. Yeah. All right. Wayne, anything else? We good? Damn, we're good. Like I say, I, I, I just feel like carbon leaf. Toad the Wet Sprocket and Fleetwood Mac. I, I we got to do something heavy after that. So this is you just did. You just did Green Day. I just listened. Yeah, to part we, reco- we, we recorded that in like 1996. <laughs> <laughs> this album is better than Dookie. I'll put that up there. Yeah, yeah, it's better than actual Dookie, but it's not better than Green Day's Dookie. It's better than the album Dookie. For uh, sure. I would just. Dude, I wait, would disagree. Two out of three of us think that, that this is a better album than uh, Green Day's Duke. Well, yeah, you're outvoted. Yeah, that's, All right. that's like two that's good a strong sampling. Uh, I'm sure we could put that. I, the, the the listeners wanted to hear it, so I don't know that that I don't know if you put that out to the internet that you would it would finish. They would wanted fin- to hear it because let's, it was there. Wayne, let's be honest, okay? I I ask for five people to say. Yes, release the Dookie, and you know what? It took four days for somebody for the fifth. <laughs> That's because we're not super popular, Ben. I'm just saying. If I did, you asked. I didn't. I didn't say yes. By the way, I did not say yes. I know I you did. Need it. I know you didn't. So great yeah. episode. Uh, make sure you go f- uh, go follow us on our mm-hmm. hashtag on Instagram 
records revisited podcast you can see all the 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 shirts that we're wearing all the shows that we're going to yeah i have Uh, my shirt on on my instagram is uh at jeff makes jokes that's the one you can follow me on there you go and uh we just got added to stitcher this week so if that is your preferred platform for podcasts there you go go uh go add us to a playlist all right you guys know the drill here we go thanks for listening please go support the arts Go to a live show, buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record, visit a record store, and not just on record store day. We are Records Revisit, and we are... Out! 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 And go to go to a comedy show and buy their t-shirts, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as a reminder, you still haven't sent me mine. I know. It's not your birthday yet, is it? Is it your birthday yet? Yeah, that's yet? true. Okay. Ha- okay. Ha- well, ha- relax. Don't spoil Happy it. birthday to me. <laughs>